The Morning Show. The Home Team. No, it's both. It's the crossover. Crossover, step back. Right here on 960theref.com. All right, it is episode number 166 of the Crossover Podcast. I'm David Johnston from The Morning Show. He is Jeff Dantzler of The Home Team. This is why we call it Crossover, because we are talking to each other. The Morning Show meets the Home Team, and uh, we really do appreciate you joining us. Thanks for listening to 960 The Ref, downloading the 960 The Ref app, which is awesome. You're in the App Store on iPhone, Google Play for your Android and uh, we do appreciate you joining us here again. Episode number 166 of the Crossover Podcast. I, I like to say we've got the most wicked crossover since Rashad Wright and Saudi Roundtree. <laughs> oh, there so you we, go. We are, we are going good right now. And uh, both basketball teams off to good starts. And as we tape here on a Thursday, uh, yeah. just looking at that weather. I, I think about this, Dave. You and I talk about this so much during baseball season. As obviously springtime in the south you get funny weather but especially when we're in those february and march games yeah and we got springtime today by the way 66 and sunny that's right so now what's coming yeah. up in como on saturday the mighty munson would absolutely love it so here's the latest and this, this thing has been shifting around quite a bit we're recording this by the way on thursday so the game is two days from today Knock on wood. Vanderbilt, nine days from today. Knock on wood. Yeah, yeah, drum roll for that. So we hope to get both of these games in. But uh, right now in Columbia, it, they've got a nice day today too, kind of like this. But that is not what they're expecting for the uh, the next couple of days. In fact, the rain moves in tomorrow, and the trusty iPhone is telling me that there is a chance and again now it's kind of uh dying on me here by the way it's 69 there right now That's we're bizarre. recording this on is that right we're recording the yeah it's 69 so tomorrow they're looking at another i guess nice day is the rain moving in tomorrow oh no it's going to cool off tomorrow so 52 for a high tomorrow and then saturday's high 41 <sighs> with rain showers early mixing with snow showers later in the day and a 40 percent chance of rain game does kick off at 11 a.m local time 12 o'clock our time so uh you know we could be dealing with one of those weird uh georgia precipitation games uh our buddy patrick garbin who uh is like yourself a, a georgia football historian and i'm not sure where this came from because one of my buddies jeff sent this to me but it was a clip and again i want to make sure that that uh I'm giving Patrick Garbin the credit here, that is um, Bob McCorder in mm-hmm. the 1912 Bulldogs upset mm-hmm. Auburn 12-6 to on a snowfield, slushy, hurdy field. Oh, wow. So um, there's a clip, and I, I see again, my buddy sent me this. I, I don't know where this is from, if it's the Athens paper or what, but uh, Reynolds Tishner, who was, I guess, either a player or maybe he was a scribe, I don't know, said, every time it snows, it reminds me of Bob McCorder in the Georgia-Auburn <laughs> game of 1912. 
So um, anyway, over a hundred years, a hundred years ago, we just haven't had many of these. No, and uh, like we've said, the games, Dave. I remember the two thousand Ole Miss game was very cold and wet. Uh, Auburn in fourteen, uh, the Kentucky game in thirteen were very cold. It wasn't wet. Kind of the, the game that lives in infamy is a seventy four Tech game. They came in here, yep. and really rolled us. It, it was a cold, sleet, freezing rain type deal, and. Uh, that that was the last game. Uh, word has it where Coach Dooley ever had the space heaters because he said all the guys were rushing to get to the yeah. heaters. And at that point, I, I really don't blame them. So that's generally when you consider the outcome, who the opponent was, what the weather was. That was kind of at the bottom of the barrel right now. But uh, certainly this is what you get. Columbia, Missouri is dead in the Midwest, uh, right in between St. Louis and KC. You and I have been watching football a long time. How many Kansas City Chiefs games have we watched where it's been bitterly cold or snowing? So we could get it. Uh, it, it just looks like it's going to be one of those deals of what time does the rain move out? And, and this is one where, you know, if the game kicked at four, are you free of the rain? But then maybe – some snow comes in later, or, or in this case, do you, do you might just have to deal with some rain early. Any way you slice it, Missouri's a hungry team. They've won five of their last six. I know Georgia's a frustrated team, and you've got to think with what happened last week, you know, for, for Kirby and the players to, to try and keep that focus and say, yeah, we're going to play. I know that's been difficult. It's just absolutely mind-blowing what happened last week. And now – uh, George is going out there as a favorite, but I mean, Missouri, I'm certain on Saturday morning is going to be a popular upset pick. And, and that weather, as we well know, can be a great equalizer. And let's face it, our Georgia boys and, <laughs> and our kids from Florida, we're just not, we're not built like that. And they've got players on their team from some of the southern states sure, too. Sure. But at the same time, they're just, they're rounded a little bit more. Their quarterback, the redshirt freshman, Basilak, I believe he's a Midwestern kid, mm -hmm. so he's probably a little bit more used to this kind of thing. You mentioned they've won five of their last six and they've been playing pretty good football. In fact, they're ranked number 25 in the college football playoff poll this week. So this is a ranked opponent versus a ranked opponent. 11 a.m. kickoff, though. Georgia, over the last few years, those have not been inspiring games. So you do hope that uh, maybe Georgia not playing last week and Missouri having that kind of game they had with Van, uh, excuse me, with uh, Arkansas mm -hmm. might take its toll a little bit and, and move in Georgia's favor some. Well, yeah, I would hope so. Uh, Missouri's got a terrific running back as well, and Larry Roundtree, he's one of those guys just watching him that he's kind of a, a throwback, just bruiser. He gets better as the game goes along. You know, he's a 25-30 carry guy. Uh, Kirby's kind of hinted at it. Oh, my gosh, it would be huge if we could get big Jordan Davis back yep. in the middle. And and no doubt not having him in LeCount was such a big blow in that loss to Florida. Um, but but the defense you know, played really well against South Carolina, certainly came through in the second half against Mississippi State. And, again, I, just, I hope we're able to get the game in, and, and I feel like we will be able to. But I think it is going to be a knockdown drag out. And uh, even though we, we've had Missouri's number – We've played a lot of close games with them, and you know I, I think you made a good analogy. And and obviously, hey, South Carolina, we're only six and five against them the last eleven years. But I think when you play Missouri, you, you just have to anticipate that it is going to be an extremely tough and extremely close and an extremely physical game. It has definitely, to me, feels like it's replaced what used to be the South Carolina game. I mean, and you're right about uh, what you were saying there too. This is just one of these games. It seems like it's. Even when the score has been a little bit of a blowout, it still feels like it's been 
kind of the old slobber knocker. Well, even last year, you know, we won 27 nothing. but that game, you know, we got the early touchdown with Pickens, then Rod went four out of five, but we, we couldn't put them away. Then finally we got a touchdown and a two-pointer there in the fourth quarter to create the distance. But it was one of those deals where, yeah, we were comfortable at 13-nothing, 16-nothing, at 19-nothing, but then all it takes is one play, some kind of funny bounce, and then – uh, you know, you're talking about a 16 to seven, a 19 to seven, something like that. So, they've they've definitely hung in there. Got a lot of respect for Missouri. What Eli Drinkwitz has done, and you know, DJ, this is one of those guys. You talk about a, a fast riser. Uh, he, he took the the job at App State. I believe he was the OC at North Carolina State, and then they go 13 and one last season and have a top 10 caliber year. He gets a Missouri job, and here he is in just his second year as a head coach. And you know, you're looking at those first year head coaches in the league. The job he's done, the job Sam Pittman has done, the job Mike Leach has done, and the job Lane Kiffin has done. Right, with the four guys, Drinkwitz probably had the least fanfare of the four coming in, but I think you can make the case he and his team have had the best year of the first-year coaches. So basically, battle of the coaches of the year last week, so Drinkwitz mm-hmm. wins on a last-second field a goal. <laughs> is that well, what it was? The number was two and a half, and Arkansas went for two to go up one, and then Missouri kicked to win by two. So That was a great game. Uh, it was, you know, 98 total points. And, and it was one of those deals. I, I was so upset and disappointed and mad with, with what happened with Vanderbilt not coming down here that my, my heart really wasn't in it a lot th- this past Saturday. So I'm looking forward to the dogs. Getting are back you back out. with us now? Oh gosh, I'm always with the dogs, but it, you know, no, you, I meant like, are you back with you know getting excited for the weekend? Uh, for sure, yeah. But it was you know one of those deals last weekend. We we had all gotten fired up, and DJ as, as we talked on on one of the afternoon shows. Then it turns out last Saturday, I don't want to go backwards and get negative here. It is just this pristine late autumn, early winter day. You know, 52 degrees, the sun's out, it's crisp, no wind. It was a perfect day for yep. football. Would Absolute have been nice. perfect day, but Vanderbilt right now is just a rudderless ship, uh, and, and hopefully we'll get that game in on December the 19th, but uh, here we are heading out to Missouri, and, and I know for every team it's been a challenge, but I feel like for Georgia it probably kicked us because we had been playing so well, getting those back-to-back wins, and remember the Mississippi State game was a comeback, so you know you talk about the second half against MSU and the entire game against South Carolina. George is on a very nice run right now, and and you put in all that work and effort and preparation, and then whoop, the the carpet gets pulled out from underneath you there. And now it, for, for the guys, for the players, and I know this has happened to a lot of teams, you have to hit that reset button, and and this is going to be a very 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 tough chore. What would have been great would have been if we could have taken care of business against Vandy and you know, gone out here and maybe played one of the coldest games we've ever played and, and try and get a win to put ourselves in a spot for a great bowl game. But unfortunately, it didn't work out that way. But we're definitely going to have to bring it, not only play a very good Missouri team, but face the elements. And listen, th- this is what you get when a team from the Midwest joins the SEC East. <laughs> yeah, you suddenly find yourself playing a football game in the uh, in the middle of December, as we can attest to, the first yeah. trip we made out there for baseball, yeah, it was brutally, brutally cold. And that's what I've been asking people this week. Do you know who the dogs were supposed to have played this week originally? Nobody. It's the middle of December, exactly. You know, and now they're going out to Missouri for a football game, and of course, there's snow in the forecast. Oh well, yeah, but we yeah we dealt with it. What year would that it's have 2014. been? Twenty fourteen, six years ago. It, it's it was crazy. a brutal. 
brutally cold night. We were going back and forth, and and it was basically a race to see if the temperature of the wind gust were depending on which way, higher or lower. Yeah. But let's just say they were both. <laughs> Somewhere in the 30s for much of the night. So, you know, at one point, I think we looked down, it was 33 degrees with 33 mile an hour winds. And of course, the game went extra innings, 14, 15 innings or so. And you you talk about just parents and girlfriends. That was even, and I know we had a couple of our parents who were out there, they would. When their kid would hit or something, after they were done, they would go run back to, to, to the to the rental car and just just sit in the heater there and, and I guess listen to listen to uh, us on oh, the app on that you know I don't the app not the app back then but I uh, guess you yeah. could go to GeorgiaDogs.com. Georgia Dogs or if you had to listen, listen to the Missouri to yeah yeah exactly exactly but, that's what you have to do but but it was so, so we definitely got got our taste of that and you know it's just uh, it's it's part of it here and. And uh, I, I've, I've been told that Georgia was working on things with, with the players who are going to be handling the ball in particular uh, with, with dipping their hands in ice water during practice this week and then going out and, and trying to handle it. And another factor here uh, is that it looks like Trey Hill's not going right. to be the starting center. So uh, you, you'll, I'm sure, have Warren, see Warren Erickson. Yes, have yeah. him start. And then Cedric Van Pran's an option because yep. Erickson can play guard as well so you know that's uh that's certainly a big blow there i do feel like erickson will play well when that's the thing too and and even if he does play well and i agree with you i think he will too you still though with an injury on the offensive line you got to have that depth because you move erickson from guard to center Mm -hmm. you've moved your guard so you've essentially had two players that you've got to replace so you're replacing hill with erickson and then you know, who got to replace him in his position. So if Schaefer or Cleveland were to have to go out of the game, unless, yeah. I mean, stuff's going to happen. Your helmet gets knocked off, you roll an ankle. You know, now you're talking about going even deeper down the depth chart. And, you know, looking at Matt Luke put together and really finished off an excellent recruiting class for this year. And Van Pran's a part of that on the O-line. And there's a very good one shaping up for next year. So I'm hoping what we'll see, because of all the the defections we had for a variety of reasons off of last year's team, I'm hoping that that next year, even though we'll be young, because we'll be losing, you figure Schaefer and Cleveland and, you know, fingers crossed on on Salyer and Hill there, that, that next year's line could be maybe similar to, to the 2017 line in that it, it might not have a ton of experience, but it could be talented and deep. So I, I feel like we've got a chance to put together the back-to-back classes similar to what we did in 17 and 18 to kind of get that depth back. Because let's face it, in the Sugar Bowl, we knew Andrew Thomas was going to be gone. I think we knew that after the, yep. the Notre Dame game his freshman year. But, yeah, he's, he's going to be a three-year guy. I, I'm, I don't think we anticipated losing Wilson, Kinley, and Mays, all three. And I think the offensive line has played very well this year. A lot of credit to Matt Luke and those guys. And speaking of recruiting and putting stuff together, this time next week, we'll have already had the – it will be in the middle of the early signing period, but we'll have already yeah. had day one of the early signing period. So when we tape the crossover next week, we'll be – wrapping up signing day with a regular season game still to that's go. right it is what says 2020 more than that to and wrap know, up signing day and have a regular season game and whatever your bowl game is going to be you know it's it's funny i i've said this a lot and I've, I've used it a lot and i try and give you credit probably just blatantly steal it a lot but a conversation that you and bill shanks had about sports being our calendar 
And this, to me, it, it's hit me. Obviously, the Masters was bizarre, but it, it's really hit me now because, yeah, it's Christmas. I'm excited about that, but it doesn't feel like Christmas is just a couple of weeks ago because Georgia's still got regular season football to go. You know, usually it's yeah. like, well, you, you got Tech and Thanksgiving, you know all that, then hopefully you're in the championship game. If not, you know, you've got your, your month off before the bowl. But, I mean, with this, literally, we're going to play a game and – Christmas is going to be, what, six days later. I mean, it's just completely yeah. bizarre. Yeah. A regular season game and six days later. And then have your bowl game probably either on the 30th or 31st or 1st, whatever sure. the dates would be. Yeah, just just depending on how, yeah. we, how we pull it out. Yeah. I, I'm hoping if Georgia can beat Missouri and Vanderbilt, and again, I don't know anything, I'm hoping Atlanta would be the site. And I, I'm just guessing that the powers that be would want to get teams in as close a proximity as possible i don't know and you know who, who knows what the different so cincinnati are. could come down to atlanta yeah which is not an uh, awful trip no, no it's no. what a seven hour drive whatever sure, it would be maybe sure. even a little less than that but you would think say if alabama wins the sec title game that uh, you know florida you would think well they'd be in miami or orlando right. something like that just, just keeping it as as close as possible because I'm guessing for the bowls and, and I've kind of been told that it, it's going to be a deal where teams it's not going to be like, like you know when there were pictures of Nick Chubb and, and Kirby riding the roller coaster at Disneyland yeah it's pretty much going to be you're going in the day before and then you're playing it's like a road game exactly yeah exactly I guess the players will get their hopefully some kind of swag or whatever yeah. and, uh, it'll all be virtual they'll get to pick it out that that way and Jeez. just the game will be like a just a, a regular season road game right and I don't think you got any choice. I guess you got to do it that way if you want to have the games. No, that's exactly right. And, you know, it's just – we all know how different it's looked. And Georgia's done such a tremendous job. I mean, the, the atmosphere we've been able to get at the stadium. And, and Josh Brooks was really the, the point man on a lot of that. Did a tremendous job getting the stadium set basically to, to stagger the way the seating goes. And it, it certainly looks – looks different at the Coliseum, the, the way the seating is and the way it's spread out. I think the oddest thing, too, I ran into our buddy Terry Graham this morning oh, walking good. down Millage. The, the oddest thing, too, DJ, is not having the, the floor seats down there. And I'm not just talking about the, 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 the what we call the expensive seats right there on the court, but those four levels of seats that come down on the student side right. and on the bench side there. So those but, aren't being used except for no, – um, some of the is, no one's in those seats or well, those? They, they've they those can slide back so it basically oh, goes gotcha. to the wall i like, gotcha like, like the old days for the rodeo yeah, yeah. when they used yeah. to have to clear it out so there's some tables there and people can can sit socially distanced but now what you've got is now it's not quite like when they back in the old days when they put a basketball court in the middle of the astrodome and the superdome but <laughs> but there's just a lot more room between the court and where fans are sitting. So as we shift in from football to to Georgia basketball, so you finally got to call. Let's see, you've been over there twice, right? Twice, yeah. So the Oklahoma game was very exciting, and then uh, I guess it was last night. Yeah, beat Jacksonville. The win State. over Jacksonville State. So you're still sitting on the floor, but you're where normally the Lady Dogs bench would be, and they're across the way, right? That is correct, but it is spread out even yeah. so much so that. 
and each player has their own seat. It's like third grade, yeah. assigned seats. <laughs> Go to your assigned yeah. seats, and and some of the players, DJ, is kind of a flashback to Vandy. You've got a uh, some of the seats are behind the baseline, so you got to run all the way up to the oh, wow. to the scores. And the scores table to check in is at midcourt on the other side. The great Derek Floyd still on the sits. side that you're on, correct? So that's so the, they run in front of you. Uh, yeah, no, they, the players run on the other side. Oh, it's just wait, it's, so they ch- wait. So when they come check in. The benches are on the opposite side. So they have to come across the court to check in? Or Derek they... just has to eyeball oh, it from oh, across okay. the they floor. They sit on the other side. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's it's bizarre. It just looks different. But, again, it's one of those deals. And uh, as you well know, Joni is just wonderful. And after every game, and I'm sure every coach is out there that – I'm I'm just thankful that we're playing. Mm-hmm. It looks different. And now the game Saturday did get coveted out it, it, on the Radford side of things. It did. So and, the, and I guess that game's not going to be made up. So the Lady Dogs actually now have a week off. As of now. As of now. At, at three thirty eight. Yeah, Eastern you don't time. know. You don't but, know. But and yeah, the, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, but essentially, Joni made a good point. We were talking in the post game that. Yeah, and, and obviously there's this thing called social media out there that mm-hmm. I've got to do. But there's so many players connected, and you know all these players have known each other through the recruiting process. And she made a good point, and this goes for for women, men, and in various sports. But she said for her players in particular, they've got friends out there around the country. Some kids haven't played a game or have only played a game or two. So I think our kids really do appreciate that we've gotten five games in on the women's side and the men will be playing their fifth game on Saturday night. Yeah. Knock on wood again. That that we're, we're playing. And again, it's not ideal. So I think while some schools are, you know, struggling and again, the, the team Georgia played last night, Jacksonville state, that was their third game. They had had uh, a couple of games get canceled there. I think it is one of those deals kind of like we were talking about in the spring, like, boy, we aren't going to take anything for granted when we get back. And and it came back with a vengeance. With a vengeance felt like it just all came back at once, and uh, not complaining. No, but there is a lot going on right now. We've never had football go this deep into basketball season like this with games going on. And this weekend, Georgia's got a basketball game, but the football's on the road next weekend for the Vandy game. Mm-hmm. As yep, you did the drum yep, roll, yep, yep. it's a home game with a basketball game attached to it. And, and I believe what we're being told now is noon kickoff and an eight tip eight off. o'clock tip off. Okay, so what, it's, what they're they haven't announced that, but that's one of the the things that that, that it's floating oh, around. It's floating <laughs> around. I know what I've been told is yeah, the noon kickoff for football that's official, and then basketball will be at night and and they can't move the day of the game because of Cincinnati's schedule sure well and it's one of those things you know in in, in times past when, when we've taken the show and obviously it was you and brain for for a long time but you know it'd be like boy well something could happen let's wait and do it tomorrow but with this you might anything can happen in 10 minutes yeah so I mean we just go we record whenever and if something changes well <laughs> Yeah, I think everybody we understands. We yeah, and that's why I like to tell people when we're recording this right. and that kind Listen of thing. Listen to these idiots. Yeah. they're talking about. But I, now, Dave, how about this? Like, let's talk hoops for another moment here too. In the SEC, and let's just take for example, let's say Georgia is playing Ole Miss and Florida's playing Mississippi State, and the two Mississippi schools both happen to have a COVID thing come up. 
in my opinion, we've got to find a way where Georgia and Florida can yeah. play each other. And, and Can't I know, let a Saturday go by. No, no. And, and, you know, coaches might not like, well, you know, this and that. But I think – We didn't get to scout them and that kind of thing. Well, you well, know, they didn't get they to didn't scout, scout you either. So, I mean, if, if it worked out to be – if Georgia played Florida three times and Auburn three times this year and Old Miss and State played three times and Mississippi State and Bama played three times, so be it. We, we've just got to get the games in. And I do think – Everybody no. will be understanding that it's just going to look really different. Well, you saw where Coach K earlier this week now, they lost at home to Illinois, and mm-hmm. he admitted, he goes, this is going to sound like sour grapes. And then he said, hey, maybe we need to just shut this thing down for a month. Well, you know what? Nobody's forcing <laughs> them to play. Exactly. Why don't he go ahead and shut yeah. it down? But, but you know what? Mike Krzyzewski is a multimillionaire, makes millions of dollars a year. He's not a ticket taker working at the school. He doesn't work in broadcasting like we do. He's not an usher that works at Cameron Indoor Stadium. Uh, people who survive on this uh, he doesn't own one of the restaurants and or maybe he does uh, <laughs> he the, might the restaurants and yeah. hotels in but he's only been the coach there for what 40 years right yeah so you, you know coach if you don't want to play don't play and then you deal with the repercussions of that in your community for how that goes over there's a simple solution you don't want to play don't play there you go coach k there you go. You heard it on the crossover podcast I'm sure, from hey, Jeff Dansler. If you're listening hey, to this, they're talking about you, Coach, yes. on the crossover podcast. Yeah. So, okay, well, yeah. that's easy. Just don't play then. That's fine. But we're going to see, like you said, we're going to see postponements. We're going to see cancellations. What will be interesting to see is how they're dealt with and yeah. moving games around. If that's what you have to do, that's what you have to do. In fact, the SEC put together, I guess, what they had to do. Two resets this year? Yes. Not counting the games the that original, were. Yeah, yeah, from the original. But they had two two different resets during the season. For sure. And then, and, you know. Right, right now, yeah. I guess they're. Well, I guess technically they can't get them all in because. Was it Ole Miss? Uh, right. And was it, um, I guess. But Ole Miss was involved. So maybe, maybe they'll only get nine in. Yeah. But, but they've gotten close to everything in. And by the way, I want to give credit to, to South Carolina, which obviously had. A difficult year, going two and eight, made a coaching change. They got all ten of their games in by December fifth. Kentucky went four and six, got all their games in by December fifth. Both those teams are bowl eligible too, by the way. Absolutely, <laughs> as but, is everybody. But that's also another example too of playing ten SEC games. You know, in most years, let's say Kentucky would have been four and four and would have probably gone three and one. So they'd have lost to Louisville and won three easy. They'd have probably been seven and five. South Carolina probably been five and seven or six and six, but because you don't have those non-conference games right. to kind of bank a couple of wins on, and you got two extra league yeah. games, so it's like Thunderdome: two men enter, yeah. one man leave. Yeah. Seven teams enter, seven. seven excuse me, fourteen Four teams, teams enter, enter. Seven, seven teams lose. Yeah, yeah. Every 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 week, week there was mm-hmm. a full slate of games. That meant seven SEC teams lost. That's exactly right. So that's that's part of. Oh, that's awesome, and which is a little bit why the I think the. The rankings are a little bit the way they are because you got four teams in the top nine, and then you got to go all the way down to twenty-five to get to sure. Missouri. Sure. Well, there and the other conferences, I guess, are similar in that situation. Also, if you go by league by league, over fifty percent of the teams are going to have losing records. Yeah, it's just the way. It's called <laughs> math. math. Hey, my math was called math, <laughs> and it's ju- it's just the way that it's going to work out, and kind of that. You know, the, oh, well, they only beat so-and-so with a winning record. I think that people tried to use that narrative for a week or so. Then, then I think there was enough like, just, just stop. Yeah. I mean, everybody's playing nothing but league games. And 
you know, I think we've we've certainly seen what the best leagues are now. Now, what's embarrassing is how the Big Ten completely changed their rules, <laughs> and then for the ACC just to not make Notre Dame and Clemson play the week before the title game. That's one where for fans where you don't have to wear a tinfoil hat to say that, and I get it from the league standpoint because it comes back to dollars, but certain teams matter more. So well, the, the SEC, someone from the college football playoff committee got with somebody in the Big Ten and said, y'all need to make Ohio State eligible for your Big Ten championship well, game. Well, that's exactly yeah. right. And But that's also where, you know, for fans who, who, who again, you don't have to wear a tinfoil hat to say certain schools get preferential treatment. We know who that is in the SEC, and, and you think calls go their way. Well, I mean, if you're in the Big Ten or the ACC right now, I mean, my God, what they've done for Ohio State, Clemson, and Notre Dame, yeah. <laughs> that, that is an example for the ages. Yes, it is. But that's what you see here, and that's where we're getting shown, like you said, who who matters a little bit more. The yeah. Big Ten could not afford to have Northwestern playing Indiana. Indiana in their championship game with Ohio State playing a game that same day that wasn't for the champion. No, it would have been a Pam Ward special, 11 a.m. kickoff on just, just a gray Midwestern day. How Indiana weird would that have looked? Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. So the SEC championship, which will be in a couple of weeks, yeah. knock yes. on wood, will be a night game. It's normally been a 4 o'clock kickoff. It's now being shifted to, to 8. But if you've got to play a, a game and you're not in the SEC championship – as a as a football fan myself, I'm okay with the dogs playing Vandy at noon. Oh, for sure, for sure. And then you can go do what you need to do to mm-hmm. watch some of the other football games. If you want to go to the Georgia basketball game that night, you got that option too. Sure. So there's uh, that's not a surprise at the Vandy kickoff. Yeah, is set, we've had a lot of drum rolls for for noon. We've got just a uh, couple of minutes before we get on out of here because we've already talked about the dogs. This weekend's game's coming up. Mm-hmm. Mentioning, so Alabama, big favorite at Arkansas. Florida's a big favorite at home, believe it or not, against LSU. Who, by the way, they decided, hey, we're good. We're not going to go bowling this How year. How magnanimous of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Although, technically, they are bowl eligible just sure. like everybody else, but they're going to sit this one out with this self-imposed bowl ban and who else do we have auburn mississippi state i guess that's it because as you mentioned kentucky and south carolina are done i'm, mm-hmm. I'm a little bit envious of that yeah it and, just feels so crazy yeah and then the game between ole miss and a&m has been postponed so yeah just i guess yeah so that's good news for docket. a&m by the way i mean that yeah. was a dangerous type game for them oh big time yeah big time so Alabama, Arkansas, Dogs, Missouri, Tennessee, Vandy, yeah. LSU, Florida, and Auburn, Mississippi State. Five games, and it uh, yeah it would be even if 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 we'd have just played last week, and if like if this was the finale, like man, we might go out and play in the snow, you know. <laughs> but it's uh, but, yeah, you know, hey, it's it's 2020. I'm just just thankful we're playing, and I'll sure be happy if Georgia wins. You and me and everybody else. Yes, sir. So we are, again, recording this on Thursday. Mm-hmm. So if something sounds a little out of date, just blame it on the Coronas. Yes. And we'll do the best we can for next week because we will have episode 167 next week. 
Yes, sir. And we'll have a lot of crouton to talk about. A lot of crouton. A lot Maybe of crouton a to talk about. to talk about. Tran- yeah, all kinds of stuff. We shall see. You start, are you talking about a certain player from oh, Georgia who went to school at a state? Oh, man. And South I'm of here? There were, there were two Southwest guys. Southwest of here? Yes, sir. That During Kirby's tenure that – that that sign that just broke my heart uh, from Georgia, other places. One was Derek Brown, and the other one was him. So we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, we definitely will. All right, this has been episode number one sixty six of the crossover podcast. I'm David Johnston, and he's Jeff Dantzler. Thanks so much for joining us. We do appreciate it. Again, uh, if you're listening to this before the weekend, the uh, football game at Missouri's a, a noon kickoff and tip off. For the men's basketball game, Saturday night is set for 7 p.m. And then we'll worry about next week. (laughs) (laughs) Next week. It's just how we're going to have to handle this. Again, uh, download the 960 The Ref app if you haven't done so on your iPhone. You can find it in the App Store, Google Play on Android, and uh, you will not be disappointed. You can get all your 960 The Ref programming just by tapping that app. (laughs) That's all you got to do. All right. He's Jeff Dantzler. I'm David Johnston. Thanks so much for joining us here. The Crossover Podcast on 960 The Ref and the 960 The Ref app. You've been listening to The Crossover on 960theref.com.